Okay. So, welcome back to our book club. This month, we read Rebecca by Daphne Sumerio. And I chose this one this month because, um, I guess, one, it was on Netflix as a movie now. And it looked really good. So, I wanted to watch the movie. So, instead, we watched a, we watched a book first. And also, Taylor Swift. <laughs> It's one of her favourite books. Really? Yeah, that was my... Why didn't you tell me that? I would have read the book a lot faster if you told me that. Oh, most of her songs are based off of this book. Oh my god. I didn't know that. That's so cool. You can go on YouTube and you can, like, watch lots of stuff that, like, has references from the book, which is really cool. I I rated it an 8 out of 10. Um, What did you rate it? Me too, an 8 out of 10. Oh, I'm glad we're on the same page. So, wh- where did the two points go? I had the same, like, annoying... What's the, what's the term? The same thing annoyed me in this book as annoyed me in uh, our last book. Yeah. Um, Which was the... Oh, it's hard, I don't know. It's very hard to explain. But the the main character is just so, <laughs> like... I don't know. Frustrating. Puny. <laughs> I don't know how to say it nicely. And to be honest, once you get into it, like it's obviously because of where it's set and how it's set, blah blah. She has to be like this. And she had like a good character development. She did change in the book, yeah. but for the majority of it, she was just really just. I don't know. I don't know the word, but just puny. She just had no personality. No. Yeah. Nothing about her, and it's just like. It, it made sense for the book, don't get me wrong, but just as a reader, it was so hard. Because I didn't agree with the, most of the things that she did. Yeah, so um, I was always just kind of like, oh, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Yeah, um, yeah and I think my other two points would have been um, at the start of the book, it was really like, I didn't think it was going to be a good book at the start of the book. Mm-hmm. So that went on for quite a while. So I guess that's... I lost the two points. I like a good build-up, though. I think because I think you mentioned it, we were texting. Um, but like the build, the the boring beginning. I wouldn't think it was boring, but you know, the long, the long beginning. I think was necessary because, like, once it got to like the the end, yeah, um, it was a bit like, oh, I'm, like now I understand why it needs yeah. a slow build-up because then by the time the the pace of the end was so quick. That yeah, now right. looking back, yeah, I, like I, it's worth it having yeah. like, this slow beginning. Yeah, because the pace at the end was like I literally read the ending in like and and a night, oh, two nights because yeah, I know I couldn't put it down. <laughs> Me too. It was a lot to handle. Um, it was so good. So, who was your favorite favorite character? Um, this was hard to decide who my favorite and least favorite was because I didn't really have one. But if I had to pick, I'd say Beatrice because. She was like the nicest to Mrs. Dew Winter, and it was just like a breath of fresh air when you spoke to her compared mm. to everyone else that were like didn't really like her. Yeah, um, and she knew the real Rebecca as well, like what she was actually like, and she didn't like her, and like everyone else kind of like adored her. Yeah, or like people that wasn't really close to her, like strangers. She was a funny character for me because, like you said, I did see her as kind of like a breath of fresh air because mm-hmm. she kind of even though we only really had her like maybe two times in the whole book <laughs> she's my favorite <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like when she was when she was there at Mandalay, it was almost just like just a step away from all the drama if that makes sense yeah. like she was just she's like that annoying friend that doesn't 
that almost makes everything about them but sometimes you need it sometimes you need that person to Mm -hmm. make you forget what's going on in your life so then they just take over the whole show and that's kind of how what Beatrice did like she was annoying and she just made everything about her and how much she like loved Rebecca blah 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 yeah or didn't like or whatever but yeah it, it was just nice to have someone who wasn't so sad because to be honest everyone else in this book was just a little bit sad like yeah. I think my favorite was probably funnily enough I think it was Frith <laughs> oh yeah uh, he would be my second choice the butler um again not much of a character <laughs> um <laughs> we only know him through the main character we only know him through Mrs. De Winter mm-hmm. he never actually had his own thing um but it was almost just like when she was really like just when she was always always panicked or when she just didn't know what was going on it was almost like Frith was that character I think the author like made it on purpose almost Frith was that character that almost pushed the story a little bit like when she was stuck and she didn't know what was going on Frith was always you know he would serve her and mention something or he would catch her in a corridor and mention something about Mr. De Winter. So it was, I don't know, he was just a helpful character to kind of help the story go on. Yeah. There'd be times where it's like, what's going on? And then Frith would mention it or something. So yeah, I think that. towards the middle and the end of the book, he got much nicer at the yeah. beginning. He was always like, oh, Mrs. De Winter used to do this. Like, mm. you can't do this because Mrs. De Winter used to do this. Um, who do you think had the most character development? Definitely. Or just grew as a person? Definitely Mrs. De Winter. Yeah. Like at the beginning, she was like a completely different person to the end. Yeah, it was scary. It was good, a good <laughs> scary, but like she changed so much, and I was I was so happy because, <laughs> like I said, at the beginning she was so puny. <laughs> okay, apart from the ending, because I think I already know that that's probably your favorite. But like, is there any moment of the book that stood out to you the most? Um, I'd say the bull because that was like the first bit of like proper drama, and I like couldn't put it down. I had to carry on reading same um and I was so annoyed as well and I was just like making up like what I would have done and everything um but what was your favorite I really liked up apart from the big ending there's me saying okay not not the ending but just kind of like the drive to London and back and like missed the uh seeing the doctor for me um (laughs) it's probably not very significant but it was such a turnaround because it was just like is he gonna go to prison? Is he not gonna go to prison? And yeah. it was like that one meeting with that doctor, and for me that was the the biggest plot twist because I really thought she was pregnant. <laughs> and then we go to the doctor and she's not pregnant, and I was like, yeah, he just yeah. And the there was part. that bit in the book where Mrs. Dewinter and like everyone knew what she went to the doctors for, or yeah. like they were saying they knew. And I was sitting there like, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to text you, like, what is it? Literally. Oh, yeah, that, and with the doctor part, but also just before that, when they were, like, all talking about, um, like, the situation and what's his name, Mr. Favel Favel was there. Yeah. Um, that was just so tense. I know. Um, I just loved it. I was just waiting, like, they're all, they all, they've all clocked now. Frank definitely knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, Mr. Vavell was definitely catching on and I was just waiting for the ball to drop, someone to just realise. But yeah, and then when they went to the doctor, it finally hit and I was just so happy. Even the beginning could be one of my favourite parts as well because I really liked how like descriptive it was. And I like I really wanted to be manly in the gardens and just mm. sitting there reading the book. I imagine Monte Carlo better than I could Mandley. Um mm-hmm. I just think Cosmandly was so vast. 
Yeah. Like there was just so many rooms that she mentioned I couldn't really keep up. But with Monte Carlo, it was kind of just like that one hotel and then they would go to like the beach and stuff and I could really just imagine it. Yeah, um, me too. That was cool. Yeah. Was and cool. it was like you didn't know what was gonna happen. It was like this little like love story going on. Yeah. And... I mean if you if you could call it love. <laughs> yeah, true. I thought they were just friends. <laughs> like at the beginning when they kept going out, I was like, Oh, it's nice that she's made a friend. And then, will you marry me? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like oh, it was really random. I didn't know we were friends like that, but she was so naive. She went with it. Not that it, it didn't end bad. Okay, I say it didn't end bad for her. It did kind of end bad. <laughs> but she got to live in a really big house and got to learn how to be a woman of a house, which she probably would never have known if she carried on with Mrs. Van Hoppen. So it starts off with um, the main character, who don't know her name, but we just call her Mrs. De Winter. Uh, assistant um, person to this mm-hmm. quite wealthy old woman um, who wasn't very nice to her and just basically just treats her like a scullery maid. Um, but they're in Monte Carlo. And she meets Mr. De Winter, who is this, you know, just a kind of famous man um, yeah. in their society, I guess. But yeah, he lives in a big house and there was, you know, always fancy parties, but unfortunately his wife died a year ago. Um, and now he's basically just in Monte Carlo, just, you know, trying to escape it all. Um, so, yeah, they have lunch. Well, they all three of them have lunch together. And then um, Mrs. Van Hoppen gets sick. So she's in bed. So the woman, Mrs. Mrs. De Winter, doesn't have anyone to be with because that's basically her only <laughs> her only lifeline is this really mm-hmm. horrible woman. So she, so Mrs. Mrs. De Winter sees her and they end up going on these big, not big, but these adventures together and going driving and going to the beach together and, they basically fall in love if if you could call it that yeah um, because the way he shows love is not the tr- not the traditional way let's say yeah it was like written as like a friendship but because he's like clearly very much older than Old, yeah and at the beginning of the book I remember that they kept referring to her as really young so I was picturing her as like 16 17 and no. then I had to like change the mindset and be like no she must be like 20 because otherwise it was just really wrong. <laughs> the whole book, I was had to keep reminding myself that this was 1930s. So yeah. the age gap wasn't really a thing back then. Like, obviously now we know, like, the legal age and stuff like that. But back then, I, I imagine that there wasn't really a thing as an age gap. Like, you would just, men would just sleep with women who were no matter their age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagined her, yeah, quite young. I imagined her maybe, like, 17, 18. But then also, 17, 18 in those days, like, you know. Yeah, get married, yeah. Yeah, they were getting married, they were having kids. So, you know, I kind of thought about that. But yeah, their age gap was huge. Well, I imagine it's huge. Um, they never actually mentioned their ages. Um, and yeah, so then Mrs. Van Hoppen one day turns around and says, we're going to New York. Um, and obviously, Mrs. De Winter has now fallen in love with Mr. De Winter mm-hmm. um, and doesn't want to leave. So then she runs to him, she says goodbye, and he says, No, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you are now mine. Like, we've gone to the beach together a couple times. <laughs> you're now mine. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So he then goes to Mrs. De Winter, Mrs. Van Hoppen, sorry, and says, No, I'm going to marry her and I'm going to take her back to my huge house in London or England, yeah. sorry. Yeah, and then they go. Okay, and then they go on their kind of honeymoon. So they go, they go to Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we don't really hear much about that. So then they come back to Manderley and they meet Mrs. Danvers for the first time, and she's like 
the head maid. She's like the boss of the house. Yeah. And like as soon as they meet, like Mrs. Danvers doesn't like Mrs. De Winter at all and like she makes it known. <laughs> it's just kind of really descriptive for a bit. So it's like talking about Mandalay and down the beach and the woods. It's like a massive like estate. estate kind of yeah. And just like explaining all the characters as well. So you meet like some of the servants and she gets her own maid. And then just kind of settling in. When like the late Mrs. De Winter, Rebecca was alive, she would throw like balls and parties all the time at Mandalay. And since like she died and Mrs. De Winter is the new wife, she like is really shy and she's not really into all of the socialising and stuff. She has to go around and like do these callings and like introduce her to all the names even reading it that was so (laughs) painful and it was so awkward um and so she throws this ball just because she wants to be like Rebecca and she's kind of like really intimidated by Rebecca even though she's not there but she's like living in her footsteps like she sits at her desk and everything so she throws the ball and Mrs Danvers horrible lady she has to like it's a dress-up ball so she has to decide what she wants to dress up as and Mrs Danvers suggests that maybe she dresses up as one of the pictures like specifically this one with a white dress and like a white hat or something and she's like yeah that's a really great idea so she gets the dress ordered and everything and she's so excited because I think I think she really likes dressing up because she doesn't have to be herself yeah and she knows she knows how like important even though he hated it the ball was important to Max yeah um and she just wanted to make him happy because at this point this man had not cracked one smile (laughs) (laughs) yeah so she literally for like pages she was like oh I'm not going to tell you guys what I'm dressing up as it's going to be a big surprise you're going to be so surprised like you would never guess and she walks down (laughs) she walks down she even oh my gosh she even gets the drums to announce her (laughs) oh no it was so painful. <laughs> I'm just reliving it all again. So, and then she walks down the staircase in her like fancy dress, and like she's excited to see everyone, and everyone turns around and just like their faces drop. Yeah, it no turns talk, out just silence. <laughs> yeah, and um, Max is so angry. Like he looks so angry at her, and it turns out that the costume that she wore was the exact same one that Rebecca wore before she died fresh debt okay not fresh it was a year before but still like yeah. this is their first ball they also hyped up in the book emphasizing that this is the first ball in a long time <laughs> like every person that she's spoken to even at the very very beginning mrs van hoppen the woman that she was working for was constantly mentioning this manly ball manly ball manly yeah. ball. this is a big deal and then for her to turn up in dead woman's dress yeah and then again and everyone at that ball would have known what rebecca wore on the last yeah, one so they were there. ran the exact same thing and he was so mad because he thought she did it on purpose which it kind of seems like she did because she was like oh you're going to be so shocked and then she wears like his dead wife's outfit so they're at the ball and she's a short she confront- oh yeah she ends up going anyway because she ran upstairs and wasn't gonna go yeah she goes upstairs Beatrice, um, Beatrice tries to calm her down and then she just puts in her big girl boots, finally. <laughs> and she goes downstairs in a dead dress. <laughs> Not the dead woman's dress, just a dead dress. <laughs> um, and yeah, she has, carries on having a party. And then 
the head maid, Mrs. Danvers, mm-hmm. threatens to kill her. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna try and sugarcoat it. Mrs. Danvers threatens to kill this woman. Yeah, because Mrs. Danvers was clearly very close with Rebecca. Was basically mm-hmm. her, basically her her mother in a way. Yeah. Um, so she basically kind of says, you know, no one wants you here. Please just leave. Like, tries to push her out the window. I know. I thought she was actually gonna push her out. So did I, I was waiting, and then I read. I saw how many pages was left. So I was like, no, she can't die now. Yeah. <laughs> Too much to go. She's got to tell us the rest of the story. Exactly. She's the main character. So as she's out, as she's put like going out of the window, about to jump. Um, mm-hmm. A boat in the sea had crashed um, about five. It was like five miles out or something. Yeah. Um, so all the men in the ball uh, ran to the sea to try and get them out. Um, and then, lo and behold, so a boat was found. It had people on it. That I think this is where I can yeah. got a little bit lost. Then the diver went down to check under the under the boat that had crashed. And when he went down. He found another boat. Separate, yeah, he went separate. down to like see where the holes were in the boat. Yeah, separate to the boat that fired the gun. It was just an empty boat, like a boat on the bottom of the sea. Basically, yeah. But the boat that obviously shot the gun was above, like on sea level. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we're making this more confusing than it. Is. I know, but but this when I was reading it, I had to just keep going back because I was like, okay, so someone cried for help, but why is there an empty boat? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, no, they um, had people in it, I think, but they got off. Yeah, yeah, they, they were German. Like we have to make food to them. Yeah, because they were German, or, and yeah, they were all going well. Yeah, Max was gonna bring them in, and they're gonna Max is gonna look after them at Mandalay. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, a diver goes down. He finds a boat, and then in the boat is Rebecca, even though her um, body was buried a year ago. Yeah. So then there's this huge whole confusion because like how how is Rebecca in the sea when Max bar- buried her a year ago? Like we all were at the funeral, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just gets very tense. And then yeah. Max reveals to his wife, Mrs. De Winter, that he <laughs> killed Rebecca. <laughs> um, Two nine eight. <laughs> yeah, it was a shocking moment. It really was because every okay, I don't think we've mentioned enough how everybody in this book every single character even down to mrs de winter like the woman who didn't even know her everybody was obsessed with this woman everybody yeah. loved her she was basically like the the the, Di- the diana princess diana of Mandalay. like everyone loved her there was no fault to this woman apparently yeah. um but it wasn't until we find out that he killed her was when suddenly the narrative changed and we realised that she actually wasn't a very nice woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just very, just conceited, it seemed. She slept with any man who she wanted to. She didn't really care for men's feelings. Not that, yeah. not that I do either. Yeah. <laughs> but still. And she would, like, be really nice to people and then talk about them and, like, be really horrible to them after, like, be really horrible about them to Max. Yeah. She just didn't take anyone's feelings into consideration and she just turned out to be a very horrible woman. Mm-hmm. But she was just one of those manipulative people who, yeah. on the surface, they seem perfect, but then it's not until you get to know them you realise how mean they are. So he killed her and then <laughs> now it's like this race because it's like, well, you're going to get found out, so we need to try and cover your tracks. Yeah, that was really tense. Yeah, this is, yeah. I, literally, I can't, <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> just talking about it, it was like such a tense 
ending like it was probably the last 100 pages i couldn't put it down mm. like it was just from the second that gun went off yeah. at the ball in the sea it just didn't stop um so yeah they so find then... up. they go to court they have this big hearing oh we didn't mention Favel. Yeah, oh. well, they go to court and they decide that it was a suicide. But then Favreau, um, Rebecca's, Rebecca's cousin, cousin, who they were actually lovers as well. Yeah, with incest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes to Mandalay after the court hearing, and he like accuses Max of killing her. And then the judge comes to their house and like listens to it all and. Basically, it gets really complicated. Yeah, it just and... gets very... What's the word? Um, it's very detective, very... <laughs> yeah, but, like, skip to the ending. Very tight, yeah. <laughs> they so find out that... Skip to the end. Yeah. Babel, they, um... Babel shows a letter proving that Rebecca was coming home. That The night she died, she was coming home to tell Favel something. So, obviously, <laughs> she wouldn't have killed wanted to kill herself if she was coming home to tell him something. Yeah. So that gets given to the um, the police and they try and investigate. Then Mrs Danvers finds her diary that shows that she was in London the night she died. Well, yeah, before she died. Um, and she was going to see a doctor, a random doctor. wasn't her family doctor. So, again, another reason why she is a bit weird. Because why would you see a doctor and then yeah. go and kill yourself? You wouldn't want to go and get help if you were going to kill yourself. So... They go fi- finally find the doctor. They drive to his house, and at this point, everyone thinks that it's because she was pregnant. Yeah, and she was pregnant with Fazel's child. Therefore, Miss. Therefore, Max didn't. You know, Max didn't want to have a child running around his house that wasn't his, so he killed oh, her. Yeah. So that's what everyone was thinking. But we get to the doctor, and the doctor mentions that she wasn't pregnant. She actually had cancer in her uterus, so she couldn't even have children. Yeah. And then she Max... was going to die soon, like, pretty soon. Yeah, she was going to die. So then everyone's like, okay, maybe she did commit suicide because, He just know, found out that who... she was going to die. Yeah, she was a very proud woman, very, like, full of herself and yeah. only cared about what she looked like. So and that explained was... the note as well, saying that I need to tell you something. Yeah, so if she was going to, like, if she knew she had cancer, she would have been one of the people that would have just killed themselves because they didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> Luckily for Max, because <laughs> if not, he would have been going to jail. Yeah. So... Um, after that, so Max have... is in the clear. Max is in the clear. Favel's obviously very angry because he kn- he knows that Max killed her. Yeah, but now it's being thrown out the water because of the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Mrs. De Winter, like the the alive one, <laughs> she but again she grows up a bit. She, you know, in literally just in the moment from stepping out of the doctor's office, she was just a completely different woman. Yeah. Um. And she was just so ready to take on the world, so ready to just run Mandalay without having the shadows of Rebecca <laughs> behind her. Um, and they drive home, they stop off at a restaurant, and then he goes to the phone to call the house, just saying, I'm gonna I'm coming home. Oh no, saying I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in London for the night. Um, we'll come home in the morning. And the butler says I don't know what the butler says actually. He says that Mrs. DeWinter is like completely oh, packed DeWinter. up all her stuff. No, Mrs. Danvers. No, yeah, yeah, Mrs. Danvers. Yeah. Mrs. Danvers has gone missing. She's packed all her stuff and she's leave and she's left. Yeah. Her bedroom's empty. So then Max comes back and says, We've got to go home tonight. Like something's yeah, he feels something, that something's wrong. Something's wrong. Why would like Mrs. Danvers is head of the house when he's not around, so why would she leave the house? Yeah. Um, so 
they drive home. The description of the end is so good. I literally know. Oh, should we read I, it? I, yeah, I reread it so many times. I don't think I've ever been so shook. Wait, it says the hills rose in front of us and dipped and rose again. It was quite dark. The stars had gone. So it was pitch black. This was two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, what time did you say it was? I asked. 20 past two, he said. It's funny. It looks almost as though the dawn was breaking over there, beyond those hills. It can't be, though. It's too early. It's the wrong direction, he said. You're looking west. I know, I said. It's funny, isn't it? He did oh not my answer. Gosh. And I went on watching the sky. It seemed to get lighter even as I stared. Like the first red streak of sunrise, little by little it spread across the sky. It's in winter, you see, the northern lights, isn't it? I said. Not in summer. That's not the northern lights, he said. That's Mandalay. <laughs> Basically, it's on fire. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was like the best page in the book. It's not. Oh my god, it was so good. And, and like, like, once I... she said, "Oh, it's funny. It looks like the sun's rising." I just knew. And um, the fact that Mrs. Dam has left as well. Yeah. So it's not said in the book, but I suspect that Mrs. Dam was yeah. burned that place down because. That is Rebecca's house in her eyes. If Rebecca's not there, no one's there. That's kind True. of what. But, like, why didn't she do it ages ago? Because she didn't know Rebecca was... Like, I mean, she knew Rebecca was dead, but she didn't know that he had killed her. It's not until they actually found the body was probably when Mr. Dams went, hang on a minute. Mm. This man True. killed this woman. Yeah. He's not having this house if she's not going to be here. And, and he killed her with another woman. Like, no. So she lit that place up. <laughs> and that was the end we don't know what happened that was, yeah. it left us on a cliffhanger well it's not really a cliffhanger we kind of know <laughs> yeah but, know it's, but it's just yeah we don't know what's happened to them now. yeah <laughs> I, I was texting kyla like wait what is the end page like where's yes. the next bit what page, <laughs> what page of the end we're both like 47 we're like no it can't be <laughs> yeah i couldn't believe that it was a cliffhanger i feel like putting up my rating <laughs> yeah honestly it was that last like last paragraph was what I was gonna be like now nah, it's a ten out of ten but then yeah. I remember how annoying Mrs. De Winter uh, <laughs> was for me and I was like nah putting it back down. Yeah it was written really well. <laughs> Could ask her the the author why didn't the main character have a name? Yes. Like so the whole time she was just called Mrs. De Winter. And yeah. even before she wasn't Mrs. De Winter they just never referred to her as a name. Like Actually, I mean, if we're going to take like GCSE English into this, luckily it it almost kind of shows her insignificance because she's kind of basically like a maid. She doesn't have any. Yeah. She doesn't have a title. She's never. You know, she's not a princess. She's not. Maybe that's kind of like a sign that like, she is a bit of a nobody. Yeah, she is a nobody. She literally doesn't have any personality. Yeah. She's just someone's and wife. She doesn't have any money. No family. No home. Yeah. So I think that's probably why she didn't have a name. Because... Yeah. So what do you think of Mrs. Danvers? Um. Um, crazy. It's <laughs> uh, and not even not even the burning of the house. To be honest, I think that's the most rational thing she did in the whole book. Mm-hmm. What scared me was her obsession with this dead woman. Yes. Like the woman is dead, and she spoke about Rebecca as if she was still alive, and yeah. that really freaked me out. And she um, would go in every day and clean all her bed sheets and put them back and like dust everything. Like her hairbrush was still out. Yeah, everything was still there. It's like she's still alive. And she always says, she kind of put it on, oh, Mrs. Mr. De Winter doesn't want like this room touched because the whole, the whole west wing of the house wasn't allowed to be touched. Yeah, um, Everything was only in the east wing of the house. And she made it out like it was his idea, but I think it was her idea. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she just wanted to keep it as 
like pristine as untouched as possible because she doesn't want Rebecca's memory to be faded but it was just obsessive and she really scared me and then she burnt the house and I was like oh maybe she's normal (laughs) (laughs) I probably would have done the same to be honest rue the day yeah because if she yeah burning the house was the most normal thing she did because like she was so obsessed with that room and everything I never thought she would have burned the house down it's true but then I think she was more obsessed with no one else can touch it yeah because at least if it's gone no one can touch it but if someone was to touch that room even though she let she did let uh, Mrs. Winter in there one time oh that was so that was like oh these are her clothes do you want to try them on yeah I thought it was her hair with her brushes and just bait oh it was basically it was like Mrs. Danvers was using her as a doll like a fake Rebecca doll and like you can be my fake Rebecca for the day and it was and she was and the thing is she was so obsessed with shunning her from like the first day that they turned up at Manly, she was like, "Do you want to show me the? Do you want to show you the West Wing? I can show you the West Wing. Do you want? Do you want to see the West Wing?" Mm-hmm. And then when she saw that she was in there by herself, she was like, "Why do you not ask me to show you? I want to show you the." It was like <laughs> literally like yeah. this was her doll that she was just like playing dress up with. It was so creepy. Yeah, yeah, that's what um, I thought of her. I actually thought at one point that she was in love with Mrs. De Winter, like the late Mrs. De Winter. I thought how first. obsessed. I thought maybe that would be how it would turn out at one point i think it should have been i don't think it should have been that she was more maternal i think it should have been that she was in love with her yeah personally for me i would have just felt a stronger connection like between the late mrs de winter and mrs danvers if there was like a love thing i think there was i don't know i think she might have just used the whole she was like a a sister to me whatever um as a bluff i think she was actually just in love with her yeah because she was so obsessed you saw someone as a child to you you wouldn't you would just understand that their memories you know you can keep the memory of them but they are gone whereas the mm-hmm. way she was acting like it it was just more of like an obsessive like love affection yeah. rather than like you know my child is dead i don't know people yeah. grieve in different ways but i just think it was weird yeah and i definitely wouldn't want to live with her she lived in the same house as well she lived in Mandalay. And if she was living in my house, I would lock the door. Like, I would lock my room so I would sleep. I'd wake up. I would feel like she might be, like, looking through the keyhole or something. Like she's She so was. <laughs> Do you remember the amount yeah, of times that Mrs. Winter would, like, turn around and she would just be, like, in a, like in another room staring at her or something. Oh she was God. always there. She was so Makes creepy. Makes me freak out. Yeah. Um, but wait till you watch the movie. The movie is... Is it scary? It's not scary, but even like my mum was like, "What is wrong with this woman? Like she's everywhere. Every <laughs> every scene, you would just see Mrs. De Win- Mrs. Dan was in the background. It was so creepy." Yeah, and throughout the begin beginning of the book, I kept thinking that Rebecca was going to come back as a ghost. I hope and she I kept would. Being like, hmm? I hope she would. But she didn't. Yeah, and I kept being like on edge, and like I would have my lights on because I'm really um paranoid yeah paranoid um and I kept thinking like in one point she's gonna come back and like it hinted it but she never did no I always thought she was gonna come back as a ghost but yeah but even when they even right at the end when they found her boat I thought oh she's gonna be alive (laughs) yeah (laughs) two months later no sorry 12 12 months later she's gonna be alive (laughs) and she's gonna be like who the hell is this yeah but she wasn't okay what about Max he was like a really, really bad husband for one. 
and like he didn't appreciate her or really like care about her at all like how could she be having a nice time in this house exactly (laughs) he was just very all of them as well i think just very just manipulative like he would ignore her especially the ball situation that made me want to punch yeah through the book because he he didn't talk to her for like two days and then when she finally confronted him about it he was like oh no i wasn't mad at you that is the worst form of gaslighting in the world how can you make this poor woman sit in your house for two days and make her think that you're never going to talk to her ever again and then when she when she finally talks about it you go no i was fine oh my god I, it made oh, me so crazy I know. oh that reminds me so what I would have done in that situation is definitely have like snitched on Mrs Danvers and told Max and she probably would have been fired because that was like such a horrible thing to do like she knew that that was what Rebecca wore the last year and she told her to wear it on purpose and she knew how Max would feel so if anyone is to blame it's Mrs Danvers I don't think she. I don't think he could fire Mrs. Danvers because he was probably too. Remember, this man is a killer. <laughs> we need to remember this man <laughs> is a murderer, and I think he was probably paranoid that Mrs. Danvers knew. And if she, yeah. if he was to fire her, he would be scared that she would retaliate by telling the police. Yeah, that's true. So he had to try and keep. That's why I think that's probably why he was so angry because he when when he ignored her for the two days, it was probably him realizing wait a second this woman this girl is way too dumb no offense <laughs> but this woman is, this girl's way too dumb to know that it's my ex-wife my my dead wife's yeah death. how would she have known the only person that would know is mr danvers and he's probably thinking well now i'm more angry because i can't tell off mrs danvers because if she knows that i've killed her she's gonna go tell the police and i can't also tell off this woman the wife because it's not her fault so he's that's why he's always silent for two days <laughs> yeah. but it was still just like i know i was the same at first i was like why did you not just tell him but mm-hmm. he had a lot going on in his plate <laughs> he was a murderer <laughs> oh yeah and i thought it was really horrible that just the fact that he asked <laughs> the fact that he asked her to marry him just that he knew what she she was going into and yeah. she was, he like dragged her into it like She's this young girl, and you've just lost your wife, and like you're still mourning. Exactly. And you just like, yeah, that was yeah. It was re- he was just cruel. Not, I don't think on purpose. I think yeah. in in context, he was. I think he didn't know any better. Yeah, and I think he was probably just traumatized. Like again, he killed his wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he was probably just traumatized, and oh, when... maybe he did it for a backup as well to like marry someone new. Yeah, it's true. Because also, as well, like um, when you're going up against a jury, you always have like children or a wife or someone that shows that you can love. Because <laughs> if you don't, then if you're going up for murder and then there's no one else around you that can say, no, he's actually a nice guy, then mm-hmm. yeah, so that's probably why she, and it, also, like you said, she's very, she was very naive. So even though his he did not love her, she would still see it as, you know, he married me, so he loves me kind of thing. So he she would go up and say, yeah, he's he's a lovely guy, even though he's a murderer. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm very conflicted with him. Part of me was like, he did what he had to do, and I salute him. But yeah. the other part of me is like, he was just so horrible to her, and it just made me so angry because she didn't deserve that. Yeah, and it was such a weird marriage as well. Like, did they ever kiss? I don't think they ever kissed no. on the lips until after he told her. 
Yeah, because the, the relief got over him and he was like, oh, I can actually like this woman now because she knows yeah. the secret. But no, they never kiss. I don't think they ever had sex. I don't even think they slept in the same bed. Yeah, I don't think they did. But then that's like normal for that time. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying with my mum because it's kind of normal in those days. What about themes? Were there any themes in the book? I'm... I was I couldn't even say love because there wasn't any of that. Oh no, <laughs> just hate. <laughs> a lot of hatred, a lot of spite. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, I don't think there really was a big theme in it. No, it's. Called... I'm excited to watch the movie now. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna give up. When you do, let me know because I have a lot to say about the movie. <laughs> oh, we should do another one. Maybe yeah, one. we should do a mini episode of I should talk yeah. about the movie adaptation about the plot twist about the ending. Oh yeah. So my alternate alternative ending would be that Max would get convicted. And like he would be hung, and then <laughs> not <laughs> because... my Maximum, not my Maximilian. <laughs> and then because Mister Mrs. De Winterp was his wife, she would inherit everything. And so I thought that she would stay in the house, and then she would fall for Frank. Frank, <laughs> yes, yes, because I said the same thing. <laughs> Because of their relationship, how he was always, like, he was always there when she needed someone. And, like, he was really nice to her. Frank was the goat. Frank was the <laughs> best character. We didn't even mention Frank. He yeah, wasn't really, he wasn't really an, an important character. He was basically just kind of, like, Max's, Max's friend slash employee. Just, yeah. <laughs> but he was so lovely. And, again, a bit like Frith, he kind of helped the story go along. Because, yeah. like, when... Um, Mrs. Dominter would like break down to him about like oh I still feel like I'm walking in Rebecca's shoes mm-hmm. um, and him not saying anything kind of gave away that to be honest honey you are not you're not missing out on anything she yeah. wasn't a nice person but he didn't say that but from like, yeah but that's like I don't know that's like the confusing part because we thought or I thought that he really liked Rebecca like as a like fancy kind of thing and that's yeah. why he didn't say anything. But it turns out he actually hated her. Yeah. It's so weird how it, like, completely flipped. Suddenly, everyone hated this woman. And it was just like, where's this come from? Yeah. The whole the half of the book is everyone just congratulating this dead woman. And, and just kissing yeah. the dead woman's feet. And then suddenly, everyone hates her. But, but that was, I think it was in her mind. Yeah, and I think it was almost kind of like a bluff as well. Because obviously, I don't know. I feel like if everyone was to, like, say, oh, yeah, she was so horrible. Like, we all hated her. I feel like mrs de winter like the alive one would probably just be a bit more confused i think yeah. her her thinking that she's not a better replacement just made the story go better because if she was yeah. there and thinking oh whoa well. and, and also we needed to have them know that rebecca was a nice person because then it would put off the fact that max killed her because if we all thought she was horrible we'd all be like oh well i'd kill her and then mm-hmm. it would kind of give away this, this point like the plot twist of yeah so yeah it was the needed. Plot was good because yeah. um, yeah, I think the same as you even though I wouldn't have liked to see Max go to prison it's yeah. so funny I talk about, like I didn't like it but the idea of seeing him go to prison really made me sad <laughs> after he told the secret to Mrs De Winter he, he completely changed and he actually started to be nice again like they would kiss mm-hmm. I'm gonna see he turned into a husband yeah he basically turned into a husband and it, I think it was just the relief obviously when you've got a big secret like that on your chest you know you become very closeted you don't want to talk to anyone because you're scared of letting it out yeah. So that's probably why he was so quiet but the second he let it out he was so lovely and I 
didn't want him to go to jail. I didn't want him to go to prison. I kind Wait. of wanted to see what would happen if he did. Because if he went to prison, he would be left on her own in the house. But yeah, but like she Mrs. didn't know how to run it or anything. Yeah, but with Mrs. Danvers, I think Max was the perfect kind of like barricade between her and Mrs. Danvers. If he if he wasn't there, Mrs. Danvers would probably kill her. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. She probably would have. Yeah, so he they he needed to be there to stop that from happening. Yeah. Mrs. De Winter and Mac and Frank, sorry, getting getting together. That's the yeah. only that's the only thing that I was rooting for that I wanted to happen. Um, yeah, and I thought he would be such a nice he would be so much nicer than Max would have been to her. Yeah, he was Max was so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frank was lovely. Frank and he was a bachelor. It was even mentioned, I think the author yeah. on purpose mentioned him being a bachelor. Um because it was like foreshadowing them getting together, but they never did. Yeah. At one point I thought they were gonna get together and it would be like this whole like scandal and she'd have an affair. Yeah, same. Can I read one of my quotes? Oh yeah. It's like describing Mandalay, but it's describing Mandalay in her dream. So yeah. after the after Mandalay had burned down. So basically they told this this story at the beginning bit uh, at the beginning of the book. Yeah. So that's why throughout the book when I was like, Oh, maybe Max will go to prison and I'm like, Oh no, but he can't because at the beginning of the book he's there with her and that's after. It's confusing, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um I just liked how descriptive it was. So nature had come into her own again and little by little in her stealthily insidious in no, that's not how you say it, but way <laughs> had enroached upon the drive with long tenacious fingers the woods always a menace even in the past had triumphed in the end it was just really good yeah like, it was description a very good description but um i have one and men are similar men are simpler than you imagine my sweet child but what goes on in the twisted torturous minds of women would baffle anyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> that made me laugh that very very much showed the uh 1930s of it yeah, well, just didn't see women as people at all. <laughs> I know. Men were just like, I don't know. They just didn't really like think about much very like deeply. They just like went went about their life. Yeah. Oh, the only like women's only role then was just to look pretty and like be the be quiet. <laughs> just think about everything in their head. Yeah, and just but then bitch was kind of like that turn where like. Yeah. She was very independent, and it was almost like Giles was Beatrice's wife. Like he, yeah. he was definitely the inferior one yeah, in that definitely. relationship, and the woman was in charge. So that was really good to see. Next one we're reading is in a cottage in a wood. That by seem right. <laughs> Why is it in a cottage in a wood? I don't know. I don't like the word. I know. I saw that. Can I was it saying it's my mom, and she's like, "That's weird." And what did she in- say? It was like. In a cottage, it's a nursery rhyme or something. Is it? In a cottage in the wood, there was something. <laughs> I it, don't should know. Just, it should just be a cottage in the wood. But it anyway, is. sorry. It's, it's by Cass Green and it's another psychological thriller. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. But it's still a bit different because this one's like modern and I think this one's more scary. Or this, like, Rebecca wasn't really scary. No. It would have been if she was a ghost, but she was yeah. Let me see. I'm gonna quickly really check when it was written. Uh, two no. Oh yeah, 2017. So yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> two of us this month. Um, Jaya's MIA. 
Yeah. Um, but hopefully she'll be back next month. Yeah. Okay. 